Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. You can turn to Psalms 145. I have it on my heart to look into the Lord's compassion, which fits well after uh, the last series that we finished on faith, the language of faith. The Lord has been dealing with me for a few months about this subject, and I sense He wanted us to get uh, more established in His mercies and compassions uh, for us. I thought it was interesting that most of the words that came forth fell in this same vein. How many know the Holy Spirit knows what He's doing? And if you don't think He does, just go back and listen to uh, Vessels of Honor this morning. You'll find it again. Now, sometimes people think, you know, that... uh, like in ministry type stuff, they think, you know, we sit down and kind of plot out naturally what we're going to say and do, and we actually don't. Actually, and it may irritate some of the people that work with me, I don't know, but I avoid it to a degree because I want to see if you'll listen. People say, well, isn't that kind of, kind of uh, hard? Not for leaders. If you're a leader and you can't hear from the Holy Ghost, we got a problem. You shouldn't be leading, amen? I'm not saying you should never lead. You need to learn how to hear first. But the Lord is continuing to teach us along a certain vein. Now, I don't know whether you realize this or not, but you need to understand this. When God moves uh, And he begins to do things that are outside the realm of what man can do. And you know it's the Spirit of God. You you may not be able to intellectually necessarily put it all together in your mind and go, this is what this is and this is what this is. But just in your heart, you know God's doing something. How many of you ever felt that? It's like something's up. When that happens, and, and, and those that have walked with the Lord for a while, sometimes a short while or a long while, mostly a long while, they realize when, and recognize when the Spirit of God's moving. When that happens, you follow that, but that doesn't mean you see every step. You see enough to take a step. But there must be um, steps of faith in your life. I'm going to make a statement that I actually heard Keith Moore say, and I want you to to hear it. Not flying leaps of faith. Steps. Now, for those of us, me, who would be given more to impatience, because I'm, I'm, my personality is, I like to go. You know, like, you know, the Lord says, and my kids know this, and my wife, because we've gone on road trips. Now, I'm better than I used to be. You better go to the bathroom before we get in the car. (laughs) Because we're not stopping. (laughs) And God's like, Sean, you've got to just relax. (laughs) Right. Relax. (laughs) But God does things, first of all, in addition. But we're in a year of multiplication. I'm talking about, I'm not, I'm not prophesying over the whole church. I'm not an international prophet. I'm not any of that. I don't want anything to do with it, to be honest with you. You know, years ago when I first started in ministry, I thought, you know, 
it'd be cool to be like Brother Hagin. No. No, no, that's not cool. <laughs> that's, God called him to that. I'm called to hear. So when I speak from the Spirit of God and it's a prophetic thing, I'm speaking about us here. This church, I can't speak for other churches. This church, if you're a part of it, multiplication is on you this year. We're in multiplication. And the, the interesting thing about what God does, and this is exactly, I wrote it down. I'm not going to go to it right now, but even what Dale said um, earlier about what God's doing. The Lord said to me in prayer the other day, I'm going to do what you cannot contain. Now, that is not, now I got that as a pastor of the church, okay? That is not just, that is for the church, but hear it, you're hearing it individually. So if you've been walking with the Lord all this time, that means in your personal life as you've walked with the Lord, He's going to do what you cannot contain. Now, if you, if you don't, if, if you're like, well, I don't know if that's biblical, read Malachi 3.10. Yeah, uh, Mike mentioned it this morning in, in uh, Vessels. God has a problem with containers. He doesn't know how much they can hold. You know, as genius as God is, the designer and maker of all things, he sinks your boat with fish. He knows how much fish your boat can hold. But he doesn't care. Buy a bigger boat, he says. Well, my cup runneth over. Get a bigger cup. Now, this is what you're going to find out about God. You'll get a bigger cup. And then he'll run it over. Why? Because his nature is good. He's good. He's gracious. He, he is... He is one who pours out his goodness over those who don't deserve it. He will do for us as we follow and walk with him. And it's not a, listen to me, it's not that you're earning it. You're just in obedience and your portion of responsibility of faith are walking within the realms of his greatness and expansion. So in other words... The actual increase that you're looking for has already been provided. It's just faith has to remain in that grace place in order for production to come forth at the level that you know inside of you is yours. Whether that be for relationships, business, your physical body, your peace of mind, your children, whatever it is. Whatever God has placed within you and on you, in your personal relationship with Him, the level of grace that is released is just dependent on the level of faith that we use. But the maximum amount of grace has already been poured out. Jesus said it is. In fact, the Lord and the Holy Spirit are so in tune 
with the reality of their overabundance and exceeding grace to the point where Paul said when you're praying, and he talks about in Ephesians 3 about knowing the height, depth, breadth, width, and length of the love of God, realize this in the last couple of verses that God will do exceedingly abundantly above all you could ask or think. Now watch this, according to the power that works, not according to your power, According to who? His power. You say, well then what, what hinders or what stops people from being able to receive that? Well, if you're like me, it's this. It's this up here. It, it, our mind, because of the world we live in and what we're being born into the natural and the sin nature in the natural, our mind gravitates toward unbelief and doubt and, and darkness and, and failure and, and death and sin and evil things very naturally. It takes effort to believe God loves me. Do you know you actually have to fight the fight of faith concerning your belief of God's love for you? In other words, everything significant in the spirit is not going to just fall on you like ripe cherries off of a tree. Everything significant in the spirit, I'm going to have to go after, lay hold of like an old pit bull. Come on, what do pit bulls have? Lock jaws. You need to lock your jaw down on the promises of God and go, nope, I ain't letting go. God said he loved me. The devil will come and go, but you just did this, this, and this wrong. Your own natural soul will condemn you. Yeah, he loves you. Remember what you did to him? It's a circulation of voices in the planet that speak these things. Because the prince of the power of the air has a radio station. He has a broadcast station. And he's broadcasting. And you say, where is he broadcasting? Hollywood. News media. Come on, he's got his preachers. He's got music. He's got worship leaders. He's got a whole system. Down to the cartoons. Speaking over the people that God created opposite of what God said about them. And we have to... That's the fight. of We have to stop that in our own lives. And we, not only do we, not only, uh, let me put it to you like this. It's not that we just have to. We can and we will by the grace of God. Amen? We can and we will because God loves us. God loves us very, very much. The Lord wants to establish us in his mercies and compassions. It is very important to the Lord how we see him. This is why he sent Jesus as the pinnacle of his expression in the earth. Now, you need to do this. Whenever you're imagining your heavenly father, 
you need to think about how Jesus demonstrated him. What did Jesus do and say? How did he act? He's, the Father is responding to you that way. Our faith works through love. Galatians 5, 6. This starts with understanding how much God loves us. This means that to the degree we see God in our lives as loving, compassionate, and merciful, to that degree we will receive from Him in every area of promise. Let me say that again. That means that to the degree we see God in our lives as loving, compassionate, and merciful, to that degree we will receive from him in every area of promise. Because faith works by love. So if you don't see God as loving in an area of your life, compassionate and merciful, you actually end up, the enemy is able to actually hinder your faith from receiving from the Father in that area. Watch, and the devil's so good at this, he'll actually make you think it's something you did and God doesn't want to. Can I ask you a simple question? I'm good anyway, so you might as well say yes. <laughs> yeah, thank you. How many really good people did Jesus heal? Thank you. How many really righteous? I mean, they had it together. Yet the scripture says he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the. And he repeatedly looked at the people and that came to him and said, your faith has made you whole. They didn't come to him and go, and he said, now, uh, did you follow the Ten Commandments perfectly? Have you been tithing like you should? How's your temple attendance been? Show me your temple attendance pin. You know, I think some people think they're going to get into heaven because they got a pin that said consistent attendance for 23 years. I ain't bringing that thing to the throne. I'm just going, it's the blood. I plead the blood, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I plead the blood. God's graces cover all the bases in our lives. There is not one area of our life Christ did not provide for. Let's, let's extend our hearts in faith in this series and believe to understand and experience the greater and greater depths of God's compassion in our lives. As we are in this series, take time to pray Ephesians 3, 14 through 21 over yourself and make the prayer personal. F.F. Bosworth in his book, Christ the Healer, said this, There is no note that can be sounded concerning God's character that will so inspire faith as this one, compassion. Uh, he said this, I have seen faith reach mountain high when the truth of God's present love and compassion began to, to dawn upon the minds and hearts of the people. It is not what God can do. 
but what we know he yearns to do that inspires faith. Listen carefully. It is not what God can do, but what we know he yearns to do that inspires faith. Modern theology magnifies the power of God more than it magnifies his compassion. His power more than it does the great fact, the exceeding greatness of his power toward usward. The Bible, though, reverses this and magnifies his willingness to use his power more than it does the power itself. In no place does the Bible say that God is power, but it does say God is love. It is not faith in God's power that secures his blessings, but faith in his love and in his will. Compassion is defined as this. It's defined as merciful or to have pity or to be full of mercy. Webster's 1828 dictionary says this. uh, It means to exercise mercy. It means to be disposed to pity. Here are some of the the, uh, uh, statements that I really like. Compassion is unwilling to give pain. To be compassionate, having a temper or disposition to pity or to, I would say, empathy or mercy. Inclined to show mercy, merciful, having a heart that is tender and easily moved. Somebody say easily moved. By the distresses, sufferings, wants, and infirmities of others. That is God the Father. Somebody say, some people are like, well, I've been trying to get God to move, but it's hard to get him to move. No, he's easily moved toward you. Well, it doesn't feel that way. I know we're going by faith. And your feeling and our feeling and God's move will catch up. Or I should say this, we'll catch up to God's move already. That's already happened. You know, sometimes people think, yeah, where, where sin abounds, judgment does much more abound. Have you ever gotten religious and you thought that should be the verse? You know what helps me every time with that? I just take a look at myself. And I go, Lord, you know, you wrote that right. Definitely grace should abound where sin abounds. What does that mean? That means to the degree that the enemy works and operates... In this life and in this earth and in people, God has set a higher level of deliverance to every level of bondage that the enemy is attempting and has attempted. Well, you don't know what I've done. It is not greater than Jesus and his sacrifice. And unless the Lord can get you and I to see this, how are we going to help transgenders, homosexuals, people that are in bondage to all sorts of things that we wouldn't even bother discussing in public? Because God desires to set them free. We now, I've talked about this before. We now will have a generation because of the nature of the world and the direction that Satan is taking the thought of man and the insecurity and weakness of man that rejects or rebellion of man that rejects the character of God. We will have young people being raised to think they are not the gender that they were born. And do you think God in heaven is going to go, yeah, let's just burn them. 
I don't think so. If I know the nature of Jesus, he'll say, suffer not the little children. Let them come unto me that I may release over them their true identity that I have established from before time ever began. If, if you and I grow in the nature of who God is in understanding and experience for ourselves, we become the conduits which where, where, the, where the anointing of heaven that destroys yokes and removes burdens can flow through for the deliverance of those who are trapped and seated in darkness. And as that happens, my God, we are going to see what Jesus saw. Because, see, the standard has been set. Jesus would go to places and multitudes would come to him. And he didn't look at them and say, your diet's not right. I'm not going to heal you. He didn't look at you and say, you're the wrong ethnicity. He didn't look at them and say, oh, you're a man, you can have it, you're a woman, you can't. He didn't look at them and say, you're too young, you're too old. He didn't look at them and say, you don't make enough money, you're poor, you, you make too much money, you can't. He didn't look at them and say, oh, you're, you've been living as an alcoholic. You've been, living in, you've been living in this and that and the other. He did not. He just looked for faith. And if he found faith, heaven's door was open and grace flowed in. And, and hear me. That heart of God is for the sinner. But it's for the saint. It's for you and me. God is withholding nothing from us. It's the thinking that needs to get in line. He's compassionate. The Lord said this to me. He said, my default setting is redemption. Redemption means releasing a releasing affected by payment. It means liberation. God's default thought towards you and me is liberty. You say, what do you mean? He starts from the motivation of your good above his own. This sounds like a God I want to serve. You know what I mean? Some of you, you, you still, you still, you, you're in that fight. I'm in. You're like, I know it says that, but is it true? Can I tell you a trick to faith? A secret. In your own will, go. Yep, it's true. And your and my experience, emotion, and thought will catch up to what we already agree with in the Spirit of God and in the Word of God. Well, how could it be true? Because he said so. Come on, you got to learn to argue with the devil and yourself. 
you got to learn to speak to your situation. God is not sitting in anger waiting for you to make the wrong move. He is not the cosmic light, lightning bolt. He is not in heaven going, just make a wrong move, I dare you. He's saying, just believe me, and I'll do more. And people say, well, you, people will go and just live in sin then. They'll just do whatever they want. They're doing whatever they want anyway. You know, people say, you're going to give people a license to sin if they see God this good. They're sinning without a license. But I do know this. That if your heart is toward God in any way, and the closer you get to Him, and the more you understand about Him, and the more you experience His love for you, the less you'll want to do the things that are not in, his be in your best interest or according to His way of doing things. I'll just put it to you like this. The more you understand God's love for you, you'll live holy more by accident than you do on purpose. Besides that, God's not that impressed with the fact that you are, you know, you have your spiritual rituals that you go through and you think you've proven yourself holy. You know, God doesn't care if your hair's down to your, to your ankles or if you have it short. If you wear makeup or don't, if you wear a dress or don't. Now, if you're a guy, there's a problem. <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying. He's not in heaven going, oh, good, all the women are wearing dresses. Okay, everybody, Jesus can return now. Come on. He's compassionate. All right, I'll give you a scripture and then you'll go. I've quoted them. Psalms 145, verse 8. The Lord is what? Gracious, good, and full of compassion. Slow to anger and great in mercy. Come on, look at those adjectives before each descriptive thing. Before each character, before each point about him. Verse 9, the Lord is good to half the people. The Lord is good to all those who do everything just right. The Lord is good to those who are good to him. And his tender mercies are over... 75% of his works. How much? <laughs> the phrases used in this chapter by the psalmist are designed to give us understanding about who God is. Remember, we do not let our experience in this life define how we see God, but we allow his words to define how we see and believe. The Lord is gracious, and I'll stop here. Gracious means this. It carries the meaning of favor. Now, we know this. We've heard this, but it's good to go over it again. It carries the meaning of favor. It has to do with whatever is pleasant and agreeable. The Lord is what? Pleasant and what? Agreeable. 
According to Vines, it would be similar to what we would think of as to like or to love. God's disposition of graciousness shows us that he is given to show undeserved favor and mercy. This tells me again that God's default setting is redemption. Again, we see here an emphasis on God's willingness to use his power on our behalf rather than our ability rather than on his own his ability alone. People rarely question God's power, but they will doubt his willingness to use it on their behalf. You know how many times people say God is able? You should be saying God is willing. Even the sinner believes God is able. He's willing. He's willing. He's willing. He's not withholding anything. He has an open hand of grace, full of his blessings extended to us. We just need to reach up with an empty hand of faith and Christ the healer, the book again, page 64, says this, Satan is willing, we shall magnify the Lord's power because he knows that this is not a sufficient basis for faith. But he knows the Lord's compassion and willingness is. Now, unless you think this is too simple of a message, just practice it all week. And check yourself every time you have a need and see what rises within you first. You say, what do you mean by that? Simply this. We are much more geared towards condemnation in our life than we realize. We are much more, well, Lord, have you ever done this? Lord, I know you have the power. How come this hasn't changed? Because the issue is not his power. The issue is the understanding of his what? Willingness. Do you see that? God loves you. Period. I uh, like what Andrew Womack says. He's got some good points on this, or the way the Lord gave it to him, I guess, probably the Holy Spirit through him. He says it this way, God loves you and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> you know, religious people, that just irritates them. I've been, I've been not smoking for 35 years. You, you think cigarettes is, your, is the key to get out of, you have to get rid of cigarettes to get out of hell? I'm not telling you to go start up smoking. I'm saying stop thinking about that stuff like that's the key to unlocking heaven. It is not. Heaven has been unlocked. Faith is the key. To receive. Well, you're telling me God will speak to me 
while I'm still smoking. Yes! Secondhand smoke does not bother Jesus. He's got a resurrection filtration system. He ain't afraid of COVID. He doesn't wear masks. He doesn't run around in terror of what the devil has done. He just treads on it all. And he released that to you and me. So what does that mean? You can overcome self-hatred. People say sometimes, they go, well, you don't know what I've done. Well, I'll just tell you, the Lord does. And he still loves you. And he still cares about you. And if you and I will extend faith, he'll go, dump it on them. Dump it on, just dump it on, and you, 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 you go, Lord, Lord, the cup, the cup, the cup's full. It's full, Lord. And he'll just keep dumping. Because the design is, is that I get another cup. Someone else to pour the blessings into. Why? Because you are blessed and highly favored of the Lord. He loves you. Oh, he loves you. And when you do something you shouldn't this week, <laughs> some people are like, don't speak that over me. Okay, I won't. But if you do something you shouldn't this week, the Lord's going to say, come boldly to the throne of grace and mercy. You say, how do I do that? Do I have to call the priest? No, you're not in that church. <laughs> you're not in that church. You can call the priest. Say, Lord, I did this and that. And he goes, I know, I forgive you. You can plead the blood. You plead the blood. And all that cleansing takes place. And you just keep going, now, Lord, I don't want to do this again. He say, I know. But if you do it 70 times 7, I'll forgive you. Come on, and that's in one day. Now, I don't think anybody should try and do the same sin 490 times in one day. But if you do, there's grace. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.